Hi, good evening, everyone. I'm Dr. George Andow, and this is a journey through into awareness. And I want to thank you for joining us tonight. It's going to be a great show. And as you know, my show is dedicated and committed to bringing, helping listeners, helping humanity to connect with the truest, deepest part of who they are. Because we know that we're born with our truest essence and that through our very early experiences, intrauterine onward, pretty much age five or seven, we create a hardwired template that we continue to go back to over and over again in our adult life as a reference point and to live out of. And the opportunity is to learn about what we've created in the early years because only about 10% of it is conscious. So we want to expand our viewfinder so that we are really living out of the truest sense of who we are, not who everyone else is and was that brought us up, showed us our view on things where we developed our perceptions and many times distortions in our grown-up adult life. So there are so many questions on my heart um, that I can't wait for our guest to start speaking. So no further ado, going to introduce him. He's Dr. Mark Klein, and he is a physician, still practicing, but has written a couple of books. One of them, and I can't stand it because I do have to put it down because I do need to work as much as I love what I do. I'd love to read this book. It's called Franklin Rock, and it is about time travel. It is about life. It is about death. It is about so many of the mysteries that we live with. And I want to introduce you now to my guest tonight, Dr. Mark Klein. Hi, Mark. Thank you for joining me tonight. Oh, hi, Georgia. And the pleasure is all mine. I'm very excited about this uh, discussion tonight. Yeah, really great. So much to say. So can you give us a brief synopsis on your book, Franklin Rock? Of course. Franklin Rock is the title of the book and also the name of the main character, the protagonist in the book. And we start out, Franklin starts out in college. At the point of the book, he's about 20 years old. And one day he has, some people might call an epiphany, but it's an, an, an awareness, sudden, a sudden vision. He actually has a vision that his life, which at that point had just been typical of a young person, a college student, that his life was about to be something unique, something spectacular, something that for some reason he knew deep in his bones, something almost magical was going to happen. He doesn't have any idea what it is. He has no idea where he's going, what he's supposed to do, what this vision is all about. Nonetheless, it's there. And he starts out immediately to try and a discover what this, what his future is, what his turns out, what his mission is. And along the way, um, gets some help as all of us need. He soon discovers a mentor who turns out to be an extremely fascinating character and one of his professors. He meets several other people along the way who are equally fascinating uh, of all ages, of different races, of different experiences for sure than him, than his. And during this, this uh, process, he learns early on that he has a mission. Uh, and I'll tell you what the mission is, even though I hate to give away too much of the book, but I don't think it really changes that much. Frank, you'll learn about it in the first few chapters. Franklin's mission is to fix the world. It's not a small mission. This is not like, you know, you know, memorize, uh, you know, all the poetry written in the 19th century. This is this is a big deal, right? This, this is, is a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. And it's funny because when you and I had one of our conversations, we were talking about how our work and our commitment to our work as an MD and as a psychoanalyst, spiritual uh, director is that we really want to make a difference in the world. And each and every one of us really does have a mission. 
Every one of us does have a mission. That's why we're here. We all have a job to do. We all have a mission. That's why I gave my life and give my life to the analytical process because we are called to find our origins in God, the God of our understanding, because we are given a soul and it has a purpose, our soul's purpose. And when we find that, not only do we have the ability to take on that mission, but we really find true happiness. So well, I think we're yes. done. I think you pretty much wrapped it all up. Oh. <laughs> no, I didn't. That's it's pretty so good. I really I thought so that was an that was an excellent synopsis of so much so quickly. And I, I'll tell you an interesting anecdote before we get into any more of the book. Years ago, I was my wife. Uh, I was with my wife at, at her church, and I was talking to her. I had met her minister, very very nice guy, and he asked me what I did. I said, well, I'm a physician. I said, he said, well, do you like being a physician? I go, well, I love it. I said, you know, it's great. I get to make a difference in somebody's life every day. And then I looked at him and I said, mm, you kind of have the same job, right? But what you said is one level above that, or maybe 10 levels above that, that everybody has the same mission, right? You don't have to be a doctor or a minister or a, a psychoanalyst. It doesn't matter. Everybody has the same ability. And most of us don't think about that. We never realize it, but it's it's a sense of omnipotence, right? Rather than being victims of life, you know, what I've learned in my writing and studying is that it's exactly the opposite. You know, we are not victims. We are not helpless. We're omnipotent. We can make a difference every single day, and you don't have to have a degree uh, after your name to do it. Beautifully, beautifully said. And yes, that... We, what makes our hearts sing is God's desire for us. Our deepest desire is God's desire for us because God lives in us and we are one of the same and God creates what continues to create. So we are called to continue to create in that place of mission, missionary. Um, yeah. It's 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 beautiful and beautifully said. And like you said, it doesn't matter. You don't need a degree. It's how you go about the job you're given, what you bring to people. You know that saying. It doesn't matter. I think we all know this saying. It doesn't matter what you wear, how smart you are, um, you know, what color your hair is, how you look. The only thing people will ever remember out of meeting you is how you made them feel because we're all here to share love. Uh, that's exactly right. Love. In fact, my, my uh, second book, the book before this one, which, which my first two books were nonfiction. Uh, this book is fiction. And people say to me, why? And just to go back that in my prior book is called the currency of life. And really I couldn't agree with you more. I think the mission is to learn love and it's through our relationships that we learn love. And if somebody would ask me, can you wrap up life in one sentence or one word? I'd say, uh, well, I'm from New York. I probably can't use one word, but I'm going to try, right? I'm going to try relationships. That's the whole thing. And like the way, the way I like to describe the world is that the set changes. So it might be 2000 years ago, or it might be 2000 years of the future. It, Last century, this century, next century, what we're wearing changes, the way we do our hair changes, you know, what what technology we have to use changes. But what never changes is the story. It's always the same story. Always the same. And that was a revelation for me, to tell you the truth. I mean, uh, I think through writing my books incredibly, uh, I always at, at the end of every book, I always said, well, if nobody reads this, I'm good because I've learned so much and it's so fulfilling. And then one of my friends who's an author said, no, you want people to read your book. <laughs> and, and the reason you want people to read your book or look at your artwork or whatever it is you create is because it's through that act of sharing that you can make a difference. The reason I wrote Franklin Rock, you know, I'm, I've been a physician a long time. I have a career. I've had a successful career. I've been very, very, very fortunate. So why did I write this book? Right. People have asked me that. Why, why at, at this point in your life did you write this book? Well, as a physician, you spend your day helping people. I would say most physicians, the vast majority, 
might get into it for one reason or another, but what hooks them, what I call the golden handcuffs of medicine, is this feeling when a patient says to you, gee, thank you, you made such a difference to me. Wow. I mean, that is like, oh. it's a drug. It is a drug. Oh. And you know that, right? So here I was doling out this help or this assistance on a daily basis, one by one. And I still love doing it. There's nothing like it. But then I said, you know, I just feel like I have to do more. Really, this, you know, I don't have an agenda. Um, people who know me, you know, as you get to a certain age, you realize, you know, look, right. what, what are you in this for, right? right. You're in this for to make a difference. That's what you realize at some point. Absolutely. My only agenda is to make the place better, make the world better. And I said, well, can I, can I speed this up a little bit? Can I, can I scale this? Meaning, can I help more people in some ways rather than just one at a time? You know, you can only shove so many chocolates into a box, right, a day. But this way, the idea was to maybe bring this out to a wider audience. And the reason I wrote a novel rather than writing another nonfiction book is because I realized people love stories. So the way I describe this book, uh, it's kind of a weird analogy. And we'll see what you think, Georgianne. But the analogy is Franklin Rock is ice cream with vegetables in it. Now, some people would say, God, that's disgusting. Who wants to eat ice cream with vegetables in it? But if you step back a little bit, the idea is you get something really sweet and delicious and fun to read. And I think this is a fun story. It is. And it moves fast. Yeah. But, in, but when you're done with it, you've got a lot of vitamins out of it. There's a lot of good stuff in this book. And, and I, I don't mean to sound egotistical or, you know, oh, uh, pat true, myself though. on the back. But again, my goal is to help. Right. That's it. That's the goal. I have no other agenda. And so that's what I've tried to do with, with this book. Well, you've succeeded. Truly kind of you. And that's why I was saying when we first began our show tonight, that it encompasses all of the many mysteries that we ponder, life, death, time. And, you know, I can't wait to get more in the book. Um, Yeah, time seems to be a major theme in your book. As a matter of fact, out of this book, I bought myself a new watch. I collect watches, but I bought myself a new watch, not this one. And on the back, I had it engraved, always enough time. Because it is an illusion. And we're going to take a break in a couple of minutes. But can you just, because we're going to come back to this. Why is it so important in this book, the idea of time? I'll sum this up before we go on this break very quickly, because if you understand time and how time really works, it will completely change your view of the world and completely change your life. I need that. And I think we all need that. I think we all need that. And we're going to bite deeply into that when we return. We'll be right back. I'm Dr. George Andow. This is a journey through into awareness. And we have the pleasure of being with Dr. Mark E. Klein and Franklin Franklin Rock. We'll be right back. Don't go away. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Inning. 
After innings, I discussed the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome back. I'm Dr. George Andale, and this is A Journey Through Into Awareness, and we are here tonight with Dr. Mark Klein, for those of you that are just tuning in. So we left looking at time, or should I say the illusion of time, because I never feel like I have enough time. (laughs) So tell us about time, (laughs) Time. It's one of my favorite subjects. Just to, So in this book, Franklin Rock does have a number of powers, you might say. Or I would call them powers. And one of them is he can time travel. Now, the way he discovers this is actually quite by accident. And it's very interesting. Uh, and these time travel adventures are different than most time travel books. Franklin time travels to learn something, to experience something, to get a, to become aware of something. It's it helps him move again. His goal is to c- complete this mission, right? So this, these things help him move towards becoming what I like to say, becoming Franklin Rock, the person he becomes by the end of the book. So why is time important? And why did I say earlier that if you understand time, it will change the way you view the world and ultimately change your life? So let's start with how most people think about time. So if you would ask most People, I think it's fair to say they would imagine time as a timeline, the kind you learn in college or you see on in a book or on television. So it's a long, thin line. And on the far left is the past. And maybe let's start in like Mesopotamia or something like that. Right. And then you move up and you get to the Greeks and then the Romans and you keep going to dark ages. And you keep going forward. And eventually you get to the Industrial Revolution and the 19th century, the 20th century, which is you know hard to believe behind this a good bit already, and all the terrible things that in terms of the wars that happened in the 20th century and so on. And then you get to now, right? And the light, when you think about it, everything to the left of right now of now would be grayed out. It's history. It's happened. It's in a book. It's a story, whatever. But it's not with us. It's the past. We call that the past. And then you have the light shining on right now, this moment, bright light. This is us. We're talking together, Georgian, and this is, this is now. And then everything to the, to the right of now would be blank. We call that the future. So if Albert Einstein, who we'll talk about later, was sitting here instead of me, you probably have a much larger audience for one. But besides that, uh, he would tell you, he'd say, George Ann, and he would paraphrase and say, uh, for those of us believing physicists, the past, present, and future are illusions, which you referenced before. They're illusions because it's not how the world works at all. So now let's get rid of that timeline, which is completely incorrect, and talk about, let's get another analogy, and we're going to use a jukebox. We're going to use the jukebox of time. And the reason I like to use a jukebox is it's something we can all visualize. So now imagine this gigantic jukebox, and the first moment of time is all the way to the left. It's the first record, right? Let's play that first record, that first moment of time. We play it. That first moment occurs, that song of the first moment occurs, we make believe it's a song. And what happens when the song is done in a jukebox? Does the record dissolve? Does it explode? Does it vanish into thin air? No, it very calmly goes right back to where it was. 
goes right back into its slot. And what happens? Let's play the next record in, in order. And the next moment of time gets played. And the next moment, they all get played and they go right back where they were. Because time, moments of time never disappear. Now, that's a tough concept to wrap your head around. But let me give you a very concrete example. Think of something, and anybody listening can think of something, a moment in their time, maybe their childhood or their adolescence or whatever, the time they met the person, the, the love of their life, whatever it may be, some fantastic moment. Well, here's the good news. That fantastic moment is still going on. It is still being played. It's not a memory. It's happening. Every moment that ever happened is still happening. Instead of thinking of a light shining only on now, Turn on all the lights because every moment is being shined on. Every moment is happening in its own place in time. And this is not a metaphor. This is physics. This is Einsteinian relativity physics. This is the way it works. So there's a couple of really great conclusions you can pull from that. Number one is the jukebox includes all of time, not just the past, not just the present, also includes the future. So folks, I have to tell you something you may not have realized, but the future has occurred. The future exists just like the past, just like the present. You go, wait, that's impossible. What about cause and effect? Sorry, this is physics. It has, right? Now, whether or not we can influence it, that's another story. And we, we, don't, we won't talk about that now. But just the idea that a the, all of time, the whole jukebox ex- exists simultaneously. Here's You're another going to have to have a conversation with me at another time. I'd be happy about, to. Anytime. Okay, love it, because I need to know this. Ed. So there's a in fact, if somebody wants to read a book, is Brian Green is a physicist at Columbia University, G-R-E-E-N-E. When I started reading his books, that's when I realized, holy mackerel. So there's a good book, The Fabric of the Cosmos. It's a little bit, you know, maybe a little bit cumbersome, but it's not written for scientists. It's written for lay people, but it takes a little bit of effort. I've read it like five times. Fabric of of the cosmos. So so right after you finish reading Franklin Rock, everybody, you can read the fabric of the cosmos. <laughs> but the point is, I'm going to read your he, other book. He, but the idea he doesn't use a jukebox. That's my invention. But the idea the whole jukebox exists simultaneously. Now, so now that I've explained to you that the future exists too, here's the really best part, and this is where it changes your outlook on life, and literally for me, changes your life, and that is that because every moment lives on forever, really alive, just like this moment right now, 10 minutes ago is living just like this moment right now, 100 years ago is living just like this moment now, 10,000 years ago is living just like that. The conclusion you draw is that you never lose anyone. In that sense, nobody ever dies. And I'm not making this up, and this is not a metaphor for our time, but think of what's just happened. Today, front page of all the newspapers, 500,000 COVID deaths. They lit 500 candles at the White House. That's a lot of death. And, and I'd like to remind people, every year, 500,000 people die of cardiovascular disease. So it's not like cardiovascular disease got together with COVID and said, you know what? I'm taking the year off. You kill 500,000 people this year, and I'll come back next year. No. Another 500,000 people died of cardiovascular disease. And Hundreds of thousands of people's uh, people died of cancer, et cetera, et cetera. So there has been a lot of death just in this country and imagine worldwide, a lot of death. But think about it when you realize that in a very real sense, and again, this is not fiction, this is not metaphysics, this yeah. is not philosophy, this is science. I love Nobody this so much. really dies. I'm sorry. I love this. I love this so much because I'm a spiritual director. My passion is the psychological commentaries of the gospel, um, new age, um, energy, all of that. I love this because I like a scientific spin on all of this, which is what you're giving, because I've also studied scientists, science as a naturopathic physician. So I love this, Mark, so much what you're saying. Mark, so am I hearing that? It's like, Parallel universes? Ah, well, you want to get into that for a minute? <laughs> I, won't, I won't bore people with this, but, but the idea that I said the future exists, well, uh, to keep this very simple, this is also in Brian Greene's book, by the way, um, there are different theories of the universe or the universes. And one very, very popular theory now among legitimate physicists, 
uh, real people. There's a guy named Sean Carroll at, he's at Stanford, one of the most famous physicists in the country, who was slam dunk convinced, and he's written books everywhere. I mean, he's very, very famous, extremely well respected. There's a, there's a theory called the uh, many worlds interpretation. And what the many worlds interpretation of quantum physics is, is that there are an infinite number of universes. And we don't have time to get into why that is or how that is, but, but imagine a branch point. And every time somebody makes a decision or something happens is a branch point so that every choice happens, every, uh, every possibility happens. So you have literally zillions upon zillions of universes and so it may be that the future, the way we can affect the future is which train track you get on. Imagine a train track and you, 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 uh, you flip the switch and instead of going to the left track, now you're on the right track. So these things do dovetail to a certain degree. Uh, and, you know, again, if people are interested, there are, there are lots of great books. I am not a physicist. Okay. Fantastic. This is real. I promise you I'm a physician. I'm, I'm a skeptic. Scientists are skeptics. Show me, you know, show me. I, yeah, I, I was like that also. Is a part well, of me. This is science. I love promise. it. And so the idea, once I realized that, oh my God, in that very real sense, nobody ever dies. I'm not kidding. Yes, we, we know what death is, right? But but we know what happens when a body stop, ceases functioning. But if you think about the fact that that person is alive in all the moments of their life for eternity, it changes things. So it brings you an inner peace. I know I'm sure this is something you talk about all the time. It brings you an inner peace to understand that you don't need to fear death. You don't need to fear the future. You're, you only have one focus right now. Be the best person you can be. Help as many people as you can. I always say in medicine, if you do the right thing for the patient, everything else works out. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about the yes. any of that stuff. Just yes. do what's best for the patient. Beautiful. So that's true of life. If you just focus on now and do what you can for other people, bang, you can't lose. You, you, you win. You win the game. That's yes. the winning formula. Oh, I love this so much. I love this. I'm almost forgetting that we're, we're on the air. <laughs> it's oh, oh, I'm trying to remember. Don't worry. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> it's fantastic. So um, um, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back. Um, I'd like to hear more about um, where, if if there's no death, then where where do our souls go? Where do they go? Let's, I thought you were going to ask me something I hard. I thought about it, but I, I want to hear from from uh, from you about it. So we'll be right back with Dr. Mark. I'm Dr. Dow. We'll be right back. Thank you so much. Quick break. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. 
Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back for those possibly just tuning in. I'm Dr. George Amdow. This show is A Journey Through Into Awareness. And we're here tonight with great pleasure with Dr. Mark E. Klein. So we were talking about um, death and how no one ever dies and what that looks like and why it looks like that. Um, So, you know, you were talking before, um, Mark, that... You know, how you approach a patient and work with them, you know, money aside, you know, you do your absolute best and, you know, the rest will just have a great outcome. You know, what what comes to mind for me with my training is that, you know, when you bring love and you bring, and I hate to use that word energy because it sounds so but, (laughs) you know, the energy of love and truth to a person in the healing Whatever you come from kind of brings the outcome. So if we come from goodness, it it can only bring a good outcome. If we don't come from goodness, eh, it's a little bit questionable. Yes, you're shaking your head. Tell me. No, of course. You know, it's funny. You know, we've had we've we've just gone through this incredibly political mess in this country, right? Yes. And, And I always said, you know. I look at I look at our leaders in Congress and presidents. And so I always say, you know what? His, it's really simple. If you only focus on what's best for your patient, and in your case, the patient is the American people. If you only focus on that, right, you'll get it right. Don't be Machiavellian. Don't think about how do I get elected? How do I forget it? It's right. just like being a doctor. Just think about what's best for the patient. You'll get it right. You will win. The outcome, just like you said, if you come from a good place, it will work out great. And if you don't, I guarantee you that karma thing is going to bite you, right? Yes. That karma is going to bite you every single time. Yes, every single time. It's so absolutely true. And, you know, so much, so many of myself and my colleagues, you know, try to bring this to people to expand a level of consciousness, um, you know, so that people can work with this awareness in their lives that there's no victim. There's no such thing. You are creating what God gave you. You are continue, You have the opportunity to create what God gave you to work with, to continue to create, to give back from your life into humanity. You know, and so much of this Jesus spoke about, Jesus came to bring a new consciousness among many other things that God used his son to do, but Jesus came to bring a consciousness. And this is about what you're talking about is that, is that Jesus said so many times that there's no, there's no death. I've come to conquer death. Wake up. There's no death. So what do you mean by that? Well, as I said, because every moment lives forever, Yes. Get it. You're there forever. Why? So the question then is, well, let's get into this for a minute. So then what in the world is the purpose of life? So, for instance, my last book, it starts with a a question by Art Buckwald, who was a famous New York City columnist, a humorous columnist. He passed away. God, it could be 20 years ago, something like that. So a lot of people aren't going to know who he is, but he was very funny. He was syndicated all over the country. Great writer. And he talks, the last column he wrote was from his hospice. 
And his friends would come to see him. They'd say, Art, you know, what do you think? Is there a hereafter? What do you think happens? And he goes, look, I have no idea what happens. You can believe whatever you want. But what I want to know is what are we doing here in the first place? <laughs> right. And I looked, I went, when I read that, I went, duh, that is the question. Because if there's a purpose to life, well, let's put it this way. The purpose of life determines how a life is led. So if I were to say to you, guess what? I just got this news flash from God, whoever, if you don't believe in God from somewhere, it said the purpose of life is to get rich, right? So you'd say, okay, I got it. So I got to do everything I can to get rich, which means you're probably going to step on a bunch of people along the way. But Absolutely. that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine because if the goal is to get perfectly rich, well, then it's legitimate, right? Do whatever you can to get rich, steal, cheat, whatever, hurt people, whatever, doesn't matter. Okay. Supposing that's not the purpose of life, which by the way, I'm convinced 100% it's not. And I, and I explain why that is. But supposing the purpose, and Franklin Rock in this book, one of the, towards the latter part of the book, he meets some fascinating people. He talks to Carl Jung, Carl Jung, the famous psychiatrist. Yes. He talks to Albert Einstein, of course. And he also talks to Martin Luther King Jr. Because he, he can travel in time and he meets with these people. And in one of the conversations, and I won't tell you which one, he talks about, you know, the purpose of life. And this famous person says, well, what do you think? And he said, look, he said, he said, we spend all our lives learning. The way life is, it's a little peculiar. For instance, why are we so dumb when we're young, when we have our whole life ahead of us and, 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 and knowledge and wisdom would be so much more valuable? Like if you're 18 years old and you were really wise, you wouldn't drive 100 miles an hour. You wouldn't take drugs. You wouldn't jump off a, you wouldn't bungee jump off a bridge, right? You wouldn't do a lot of stupid things, right? And, and the list could go on and on, right? I wouldn't get in a car drunk, blah, 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 right? So that's when knowledge is really valuable when you're young. That, so think about it. We should all be geniuses when we're four and know everything. And then if we forget a little bit at, by the time we get to our 60s, 70s, and 80s, big deal, right? We, we don't have that much left. But when do we have the greatest wisdom? At the end, the last day of our either consciousness or the last day when we're really able to put things together, right? What a waste. What a waste. Unless unless we it is not a waste at all and we're being prepared for the next job so so if people would say to me do you believe in heaven i go look i don't know about heaven but i can tell you i'm pretty sure we're getting another job you know imagine i went to medical school i went to college for four years i went to medical school four years i trained for another five years right that's 13 years can you imagine them saying at the end mark here's your degree here's your here are your light your medical licenses good job go to the beach take it you're done Heck no, I finally worth something. I can finally do something. At that point, get, they kick me out and say, get to work and start, start applying your trade and helping people with the knowledge that you've gotten. I think life is like that. All the evidence to me points to that. It says, we're dumb when we're young, we're smart at the end, right? Therefore, that knowledge is gonna be put to use, just like my medical education was. You're done here, you're going to work. Don't ask me what the job is. I have no idea. Yeah. But I hope it's really right. good. Right. I think it will be really good. I don't think heaven is sit, sitting around, you know, drinking pina coladas and you no. know stuffing oh my God. With chips. I think I, it's like go to work. I wouldn't want that now. Right. See? And I and I really do believe that how we live and how we die says a lot about where we're going and what we're gonna be doing with that. Well, I said to you the other day on the phone, these are the type of things I spend my waking hours, probably my sleeping hours, too. Well, so do I. About. Because I once you once you become aware of this, it's like you can't let go. No, it's like, what else can I learn? And so what's the nat- once you do this, what's the natural result? Wow. I want to help people. I want to make the world better. I want to get better myself so that I'm ready for whatever it is I have to do. And honestly, I know you are a very religious person, but you don't have to be a religious person to, no. to, to accept this. No. It doesn't, you don't have to believe in Jesus if you don't want. You don't have to believe in any organized religion. It doesn't matter in that sense. I don't mean to you know, belittle anybody's religion, but the point is, if you think you have to, that only people at religion X or Y can do this, no. The whole point is, aha, it's an aha moment. Nobody ever dies. I'm oh, I'm, and my consciousness, what is consciousness? Nobody has any idea. Clearly, 
that's going on somewhere. That's moving on. Call it soul, call it consciousness. The evidence is overwhelming to me. And again, remember, I'm a skeptic. I didn't believe any of this, but I've been whacked over the head with the frying pan of wisdom, of knowledge for so long, I can no longer deny it, right? I can't personally deny it. So I believe that we're, that maybe you're right. I've thought about this. Does everybody get to go on or do you fail and go, go do it again? I, I don't know. I have no idea. And I don't mean, I would never be so. I have no, I, I have no idea. All I know is I like to say that there's something else going on. Yes. Life I, is a veneer. There's right, another story. Right. And that Franklin Rock talks a lot about this. And, you know, one of the people he meets, for instance, uh, is his character, Maurice Burnside. I don't know if you've gotten to Maurice yet. Turns out, so Franklin's this, you know, 20-year-old white kid, you know, that grew up in, in a, in a middle-class family. You don't know that, but you get the idea once you learn about him, you know. But, and who does he meet? He meets an 82-year-old African-American guy, black guy. You know, couldn't be more different. And the two of them create this incredible bond. And I won't, I won't tell the story about how that happens, but it's really a lot of fun. And Maurice Burnside becomes a secondary mentor to Franklin and teaches him the kind of wisdom you and I are talking about. Why is honesty important? Why is integrity important? And they go through all these things. And finally, he teaches him what he calls his magic trick. He goes, Franklin, I'm going to teach you this trick. This is a really important trick. He said, when, when times are tough, when things are bad in your life, go help someone else. When you, when you take somebody else's, when you place somebody else's burdens ahead of your own, the, the burdens on you instantly lighten, right? When your time, when things are tough for you, go help someone else. That's the trick. Amen. And when you don't feel loved, go give someone love. A hundred percent. Same thing. Absolutely. 100%. A hundred percent. You know, right now we live in a society of, you know, I, I deserve this. I'm owed that. There's no doubt we've had, you know, some terrible beha- behaviors, you know, from yes. slavery on up. I mean, nobody's going to defend terrible. that, whether it be here in the United States or the Holocaust or, or Rwanda or, you, you know, we got genocides coming out. We, we, we got more genocides than we know what to do with. Right. In terms of history books. So you can go anywhere you want. There's been horrible things. But but th- don't become a victim. Do just what you said. Go love somebody else. Absolutely. Right? And Maurice Burnside teaches Franklin this. This is the trick of life, Franklin. Right? When times are tough for you, when, when things are hard, forget about your own troubles and go take on somebody else's. And that is the magic potion. That is the magic of life. You know, your, your heart, your heart and your soul is um, revealed so much through the book and every character that you've put in it. This is you. This is you. And it shows me, you know, besides the fact a couple of conversations we've had and, you know, I'm empathic. I get a great sense of who you are, Mark, but it is revealed in this book. You are an incredibly loving, open person. And I, I, I'd like to say thank you to your wife because I know when you leave here and you go on, I know that Jesus is going to be waiting for you and give you a big hug. Well, we'll be right back. We're going to take a break. Yeah. We'll be right back with this with Dr. Mark Klein and I'm Dr. George Andow and this is a journey through. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be right back. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift educate, empower. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Howdy, I'm 
I'm Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hi, welcome back. Oh, <laughs> I'm Dr. George Andel. We're here with with Oscar, my favorite little creature in the whole world, and we're here with with Dr. Mark Klein. Mwah. I just had to check on him and see how he's doing because he's 15 and he just had a seizure recently. So oh. I know. Can I can I just say something? Sure. So there's this quote that I've created, I quote, a statement called the Franklin Rock Moment. And a Franklin Rock Moment is, here's the definition, when a hint of the mystery of the universe is suddenly and unexpectedly revealed. So we just had, a, I just had a Franklin Rock Moment because my dog, who passed away while I was writing Franklin Rock, his name was Oscar. Oh, I love that. Yes. Oh, Mark, I believe in all of that. I You gave me you just gave me chills. <laughs> That's beautiful. Beautiful. And you know, I don't even like the word belief. I know it to be true. I know it to be true. You know, um You know, you also talk about in the book um that Nothing is new under the sun. And you started off the, the show like that. I just love this cover, too. Love everything about this book. That, um, you know, when I think about things like that, from my point of reference as a woman, that, you know, fashion always comes back. Hairstyles always come back. Makeup styles always come back. There's really nothing new ever. Never. The story of life is the same. Which in itself is a major clue. So for instance, when you think about it, why is it that we have to go through the exact same things as our parents or and their parents and their parents? Why do we all start in the same place, go through the same trials and tribulations, the same emotions and get to the same place? People go, well, that's the way the world is, right? But when you learn about quantum physics, you realize the world could be a lot of ways, an infinite number of ways. It doesn't have to be this way. But it is. So that's a clue. To me, that's a clue. The reason we do that is because what we talked about earlier, you have to get to a certain point to be ready to do for your next job. You can't read about it. You can't watch a movie about it. You have to live it. You have to experience love and sorrow and kindness and joy and hopefully hopefully not too much tragedy. You know, I, 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 I hate tragedy. I always say nobody's ever going to get killed in a, in, a, in a Mark Klein book. We don't need it. We got enough of it. But still, you have to experience many of these emotions yourself. Why? Why can't you just, like I said, learn it at four years old, become, you know, know what's going to happen, avoid the dangerous things in life. You know, that's how you would make the most of a life theoretically. But that's the clue is no, you have to experience all the things. So you're ready yourself. There yeah. is something else I, I yeah, I think please, we, please. We should talk please. about. And I think you you'll have a lot of fun with, 
And one of the things that Franklin talks about is choice, right? So we all make choices every day, lots and lots and lots of choices. And for most of us, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, another choice, another decision, right? It's like full of stress and angst. You know, it's easy to decide whether to have, you know, what to order for lunch. But, you know, should I should I go to college or not? Should I take this job or not? Should I marry this person or not? Should I move to this city or not? I mean, there's a lot of, quote, big decisions. Well, uh, most of us will remember Yogi Berra. Yogi Berra was a famous New York Yankee, and he was very famous. He's a fantastic baseball player. But what he's remembered for are his malapropisms. Yogi said a lot of funny things accidentally, right? And one of his most famous was he said, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. Right. And everybody laughs. Right. Sure. Turns out Yogi was right. And yeah. here's why. Because choices are not what you think they are. So if you imagine a choice like this, I'll tell you a really quick story. Do we have time for a quick story? We do. OK, so uh, uh, there's a, a gentleman who's, who lives in Philadelphia and he's in his office. The day ends and he takes the elevator down, comes out of his building. His parking garage is to the right. And he says, hmm, I forgot I'm out of shaving cream do I have time to run to the pharmacy? And he says, well, I only have a few minutes because I got to be home for a meeting. But he looks at his watch and says, yeah, if I hurry, I can do it. So instead of making a right to his parking garage, he makes a left and heads towards the pharmacy, but he's in a hurry. So he starts jogging down the street, gets to the corner, trips, knocks over an elderly woman. She breaks her hip. Her daughter, who's the only person who can take care of her, lives across the country. Her daughter has to live, leave her family, two young teenagers and her husband. She flies to Philadelphia, takes care of her mother, while, the, while she's away, the kids decide one night, dad's at work, we're going to be great kids, we're going to make dinner. We know how to make pasta, so they put a boiling water on the gas stove, turn it on, they don't realize there's a dish towel. Dish towel goes up in flames, starts a small fire in the kitchen. The daughter is quite wise, she picks up the phone, calls the fire department, fire them and comes, puts out a small fire, just then the father returns home, sees what's going on, relieved that everything's fine, but looks at the fireman and goes, hey, we went to high school together. Fireman goes, yeah, let's get together. He says, wait, my wife will be home in a couple of weeks. We'll get together. Okay, you know, the, the mother heals, has surgery, hips fine. The wife comes home. Husband goes out to meet the fireman. Fireman, he and the fireman are going to have dinner. The fireman drives to the restaurant, parks two blocks away, gets out of the car, is walking down the street, looks across the street, sees smoke coming out of a row house. Like any good fireman, he darts across the street, smashes open the door, and saves a five-year-old girl who's under the table as the house is filled with smoke. That girl grows up and discovers the cure for malaria and saves millions and millions of children's lives. All because this guy made a right out of his building instead of a left. I and believe that's it. how the world works. So when you make a choice, imagine it like a bubble coming out of you. And that bubble is going to get buffeted by the billions of other choices, the billions of other bubbles coming out from every other person, which means once you make the choice, it's out of your control. Let it go. There's no such thing as a best choice. There's no such thing as a right choice because you have no control over that as soon as it gets out of you. Just make a choice and live it alone. And when you realize that, that, you, that you don't have nearly as much control as you think, that there's no way to know how something's going to work out, then the burden on you lifts. The, the stress from you lifts. Make a choice and forget about it. You, there's no such thing as a right choice or a best choice. You have no idea how any choice is going to work out. Powerful. You know, the small mind of the ego, the small mind of the ego needs to feel that it has control. That's what suffering is, is when a human being feels it has no control. But the reality is we really don't have any control, which is what I hear you saying. Now, Ah, you have control over the most important thing. Choice. How you feel about it. Yes, but also that's why I invite my people i the people that i have the privilege that they come to me to if you sit and listen can we make our choice out of that rather than making our choice out of a feeling because most of the time when we're making our choice out of a feeling could it be that we are living out of one of those records that do not give the outcome that the universe can use in this life to serve? So Professor Nehemiah, Franklin's mentor, tells him many times in the book, you can, if you pay attention, you can see the future in the past. 
And that's what you're talking about. And in the book, Franklin does, and he says to Franklin, you will learn how to do it many, much better than I am. I did, Franklin. His mentor tells him, you will be better at it. But if you pay attention, you will see the future in the past. And sure enough, that happens to Franklin. He sees the future in the past. And in fact, it is possible to see the future in the past. And again, this is not a metaphor or metaphysics. This, this derives from real physics. It's very, very interesting. Yes. So what you're saying is things, things that make you feel a certain way, you may go in a certain direction because that future has impacted your you in the past. Yes, yes. And if we, if we make the choice out of, make a quick choice out of, a unconscious desire to avoid a feeling, let's just say, that could it be that the choice can is not the fullness of choice that can be used by God or the universe to serve in a fuller way. Oh, there's so many pieces to this. Oh my goodness. The one oh piece I like I like to give people is to is to say, let go of the choices. It, you don't have any idea. You cannot No, we don't have any idea. So, so, so free yourself, liberate yourself. Don't put so much stress on yourself. You can't know what the best choice is. No, no such. And sometimes it's a good guess. Whatever. Just don't, beat make a best guess. Just don't beat yourself over it. I wish we had another hour or more. Is there one takeaway you'd like to invite the listeners? Cause we have about 40 seconds. Yeah, I would just say Frank. I, I wrote Franklin Rock to be a fun, good read, but to, so so it get you'll get some vegetables at it. You will absolutely positively have a smile on your face, and it's a, it's an extremely optimistic, uplifting book. Exactly what we need in this time. It is fantastic. Take it from me, the reader. And I can't thank you enough for joining us. Would you maybe come back on again? Of course, I can't thank you enough for inviting me. This is oh such my a- gosh. Such a treasure, such a blessing. And I want to thank all of you for listening tonight and for being here with us. And I hope it was fruitful for you. I pray that it touched you in a place of depth that you can walk away and feel like you got something that fed your soul. God bless you. I love you because I'm a human too. Struggling, (laughs) just like we all do, right? with grace. Good night. And thank you for joining us tonight. And we'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Thank you so much again, Mark. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hey, everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. 
Hey, all you listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 